Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Go up in the air 
for the one that said either this or something similar to, I saw that picture you posted online of your friend. Mm. You know, one quick way to become an unfriend, (laughs) yeah, quickest way for them to unfriend you is to start asking about their posts or their texts. And, you know, some people, you just don't need to be friends on Facebook, on Instagram, or whatever else you're on out there because somebody can't handle it. And I have to tell you, it's not always the women. No, not at all. It is not always the woman who has the problem. Okay? Now, the one that I think keeps people in trouble the most as well, where were you last night? Mm, Man, do you really want to ask that question in a text message? No, come on, come on, ladies. You don't want to ask. You don't want to ask that question, and it has a second part to it. You think you can just stand me up? No. No, 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 no. You know, I'm I'm going to tell you that there are really times where, you know, there's issue. Something really does come up. And where, you, where were you last night? You think you can just kind of... You know, stand me up. Well, I'm sure that's not the street term, but you get the point. And sometimes things do happen. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know they lie. I know that, you know, the dog died five times last month. But listen, there are those times where. There are, you know, when things do come up. And if he feels like he has to explain everything all the time or when you're accusing, because you really don't want to know. When you uh, when you ask that question, ladies, you really don't want to know where he was last night. You really want to know. Where was he last night? <laughs> you get what I'm talking about. You get what I'm talking about. You know how to play those. You know you know how you know. You know and you know. So, you know, it, it this texting thing to me you have to be mature. I'm sorry. You have to be mature because the texting has really gotten you know, some people into some bad situations that you can't get out of. You know, you have said a many a thing on, you know, in a text that you can't take back. And text messaging is not for everybody, but especially in a relationship. You know, I'm really trying to remember what people did before texting. I really am. Because some of the habits that people have are really not good ones. So, if you are guilty of sending these type messages, stop. Cut it out. 
because you're really not going to make things better. I promise you. These these particular texts, and as well as some other ones we talked about yesterday, only really mean trouble. Only mean trouble for some of you. So, you know what? Let's do the mature thing, and let's you know wait till we get face to face, and let's chat because you don't want to give a person a reason to hide behind a text either or their phone and they don't answer you and some people just don't want to deal with it so you want to make sure you're doing what you need to do okay okay well yesterday was monday and we got our switch tip number 172 don't expose others Wow, that one was a hot one. You know, we get good switch tips here on due time with Pastor Steph. And don't expose others. That was a good one. That was a good one. You know, very rarely will God tell you to expose somebody. You know, and of course, if God tells you to do it, then there's something behind it. But if that's something that you want to do, for whatever the reason is, you feel like something needs to be told, who said it was supposed to come from you? You felt that somebody should have known or they should find out, but who said it was supposed to come from you? You know, meddling and exposing people can get real ugly. And actually, it's just ugly by nature. Who are you to expose anything in someone, for someone, about someone, to someone? You know, would you like if it were you? Regardless of what the conversation is or what the topic is or... Listen, Shantice asked a good question yesterday and she said, you know what, what would have happened if God had exposed me when I was doing something or when I had done something. Listen, if God were to expose something about you right now, what would happen? Ooh, we'd be one hot mess. So, you know, be discreet especially when it comes to other people's things, other people's business. You have no business exposing things about people, especially if you don't want to be exposed. Okay? All right. So let's get that together because, like I said, that can be a real ugly thing. And, you know, there are people who really go out of their way. And I'm hoping I'm not talking to one of them. All right? All right. Well, today is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. Oh, the week has started, people. And we're already in Tuesday. So we're about to get this conversation started. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time when Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, 
Don't go anywhere because we will be right back. At 12, I smoked my first cigarette. At 15, I was addicted. By 40, I'll have lung disease. At 50, I'll die of a heart attack. Cigarette smoke causes immediate damage that leads to health problems, even death. Those who quit or die are being replaced by a new generation of smokers. I'm Dr. Regina Benjamin, United States Surgeon General. Go to cdc.gov. Learn how to make our next generation tobacco-free. Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. Now, if you hang out with us on a regular basis, you'll know what today is. has 
has really not returned. And, you know, she wants to resume this singing career. She's been hiding behind this amnesia to block the lawsuit from Caesar because, you know, he's felt sorry for her. You know, he has not wanted to sue her for, you know, his royalties and lack of acknowledgement, you know, on her very first album. And, you know, he felt sorry for her. So he was like, well, why she has amnesia? You know, I really don't want to hit her with the lawsuit. And, you know, they <laughs> they showed him viewing this uh display and he responded you know that was the last thing we heard when episode six shut down so i really wanted to know how were they going to move forward with the fact that she was exposed yeah well you know how we do we always start with our girl Shanties. Good morning, Shanties. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm well. Oh, so you know when we disconnected from episode six, Danita. Uh, you know, her uh, recording went off, and she was still moving her lips. So, what did you think before we before we get started as to what happened in episode seven, how they started it off, or how they addressed it? What did you think was going to happen in this uh, episode seven to address her fake? singing. I thought there was going to be a whole lot of hoopla on the net because, you know, she kept putting it off. People kept asking her to sing. She kept coming up with every excuse. I'm busy. I, and I'm like, okay, how long do you think you won't be able to tell someone you're too busy to hit a note? Like, anybody ask you to go shopping? Anybody ask you to do nothing like that. This is something you can do while you're doing other things. Okay, wait, 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 Shanties. Wait, wait, Shanties. Hold on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. You're, we're getting a very bad connection, and oh, we're missing half your words. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is this clearer? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, I thought there was going to be a whole, a whole lot more... Um, noise. The people were making a lot more noise about that because she kept putting off the fact that, you know, she couldn't sing. Everyone kept asking her. She kept saying, "I'm too busy. Oh, I just got so much on my plate." And it's like, how long can you say that about singing? That you're too busy to sing when this is what you do. You know, this mm. wasn't a hobby or this isn't something you did once. And then now people want to hear more of it. This was your job. So I thought there was just going to be so much more surrounding that. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, we found out that you were lip singing and 
you know, now I thought there was going to be a lot more talk like, well, could she ever really sing and all of that? And I was a little mm. shocked to see that it wasn't. Yeah, I, okay. I thought there was even going to be some talk about that. All right. So how did we get started with episode seven? We got started with her uh, looking for something. We didn't know what she was looking for. We found out that she was looking for a letter to try to incriminate Caesar while they were, you know, doing their back and forth in court. So that was kind of like, so how you have a cliffhanger? Because normally when you have a cliffhanger, that's what you pick up on in the following episode. Uh, um, you know, so that that really threw me because I was like, "Well, what is she looking for? The note? Is she looking for her voice? Like, what What are you looking for?" Um, so that 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 really that really threw me. Um, to you know find that, and it was just kind of like, "Well, after the way they left off season six, I'm just sorry, episode six, how now do you pick up with the following episode? Something that had nothing to do." with the way the previous episode ended. So that, that kind of threw me. I felt like I was real off. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So I will give you an opportunity before I bring on our brother Ainsley to get the conversation started about, you know, what you found interesting in the beginning of you know, this episode, despite the fact that she was looking for this uh, anonymous piece of paper. Yeah, say you want to get the conversation started about the letter? Wherever you want to go. I mean, you can't get the conversation started about the letter because that's like already deep into the, the episode and we don't want you to do like Brother Ainsley does. But... <laughs> what do you oh, want to talk about? Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the sequence of events. That kind of helped for everything to be scattered. I, I really like the episode. But it kind of helps for okay. everything to be a little scattered. Um, but when you're talking about not going too deep in, um, in regards to being asked to um, sing with the family during the Danita special. Mm, And it was like, is this still a thing? How is this still a thing? How is this still a thing when she was just exposed for not being able to sing? Whether Mm. it's it's all or right now. You know, how, how is this still a thing? And now that mm-hmm. this just goes to show, again, the manipulation that still takes place, how no one considers what they're really doing. You know, because with CJ, you're being asked by your mother to, you know, have to produce this. You know, you've been put in the front line to make all of this happen. You know your mother been lying about everything, but yet you're still helping her to keep this front going. So now... Mm-hmm. How much different are you than your husband mm, who exposed wow. the mother? You know, it's just like 
it, it it's just so so much. But you know, you can't tell somebody like that that you ain't no different than the person that you're mad at for exposing your mother when you're helping your mother keep this lie going. Because even with you saying to your mother, "Well, Ma, what are you gonna do?" Because uh, hello, you can't sing, and she you know she said that bluntly to her mother. But yet her mother's still trying to keep this facade going. Talking about, oh, well, everyone looks same. Like, like you're trying to normalize right. this. Like, this isn't normal. Right. You know, like, no, no. And I'm not going to allow you to now mess with my credibility. Right. You know, I, God has elevated her past just being the minister of music at the church. You know, God is now allowing her to take a bigger role in public with music. So now you're allowing your mother to help you mess your name up, your credibility, your um, integrity. And now what's going to happen when this is revealed again and on a much higher level? She's going to take you down with her. Right. I, I thought that was really crazy. Right. Right. Very interesting place to start, um, like you said. And uh, I won't go any further. I'll give our brother Ainsley an opportunity to jump on board and get this conversation moving. Good morning, Brother Ainsley. Good morning, Pastor Steph. Good morning. I'm up, I'm up. It's bright early Tuesday morning. <laughs> Good morning, Shanti. Good morning, listeners. Good morning. I'm Good up. morning. <laughs> so yep, 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 yep. I'll ask you what I asked. Shantice, you know, when we last um, disconnected from Kingdom Business, episode six, there was a big exposure, Mm -hmm. you know, Danita, you know, uh, kept singing and there was no music in the background and the, you know, it, it uh, it was put out there that she was not singing. How did you think the episode was going to start in 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 uh episode seven well i was like i was like you i was i want to know exactly how okay we've been hanging now for a week so i want to know what's going to go on and i see her looking for something you know what i thought of because you know way the show ended you know like she ran off the screen like embarrassed so i'm thinking she picked up from there and I'm thinking, I'm thinking she realized she's exposed. So I'm thinking she's looking for that insurance policy. Remember, there was an insurance oh, policy that her mother had on her voice. Okay, okay, yeah, so I'm thinking, okay. She's like, oh, wait, all right, I'm exposed. You got to get the insurance <laughs> policy. That's, it's a done deal. That's what I was thinking okay. about. But then it seemed like she looking. It comes out she's looking for a, a letter for Caesar. I'm like, where'd that come from? And it was mm. like, you know, we had to go with about three scenes. Before we get an understanding of what happened, oh, they call it the glitch. Mm. And the talk she had with uh, CJ, the glitch. I'm like, oh, that's how you're explaining that? Right, right. Right, right. I was expecting a little bit more of a, you know, a more of addressing addressing that, not just, oh, it's just a glitch. (laughs) I'm like, okay. okay. You had me hanging on for a while for that. Okay, okay, <laughs> you know. okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, how, I that, how it started off. Mm-hmm. Where where do you go from here? What do you want to talk about that 
uh, that happens uh, in the beginning. It doesn't have to be in the very beginning, but we sure ain't talking about it in the middle, Brother Ainsley. Of the episode, Shantice talks about the fact that, you know, uh, CJ is moving forward with this showcase of Danita and Friends. And uh, where are you going? All right. Um, just to piggyback on her on that, was a couple of things. Um, piggyback on that, I agree with Shantice, but you know it's like here we go again. Like this episode called Butterflies. This is the episode uh-huh. <laughs> I, I lost all kind of respect for Miss Danita. Not to go for and everything. I'm like, oh man, you just lie, 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 manipulate, <laughs> and everything like that. So you got your daughter, CJ. Now she's supposed to be the producer. Um, so now she's doing the dirty work. Now to get ties to come onto the show. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and stuff like that. Because you know, doggone well, she can't go to him directly. Right. So she's using right. her daughter to get her son to come on the show. So I'm like, all right. I see I'm seeing a little manipulation there. And throughout the whole system, it is just pure... Lie, manipulation, manipulation, and lie, 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 lie. <laughs> and um, it gets to me. And, you know, near the beginning, you know, there's, again, there's a hint that there's something, you know, still brewing between um, Rebel and Taj. And that first, I think, it was the second scene. Um, and when she says, you know, she wants to see the gospel, and Todd, she seems like a little, you're like, oh, you want to do this? Mm. You know, and yeah. it's something that it's more up his, you know, it's more up his alley. And so, you know, it's a hint out of a, a, a further connection between those two. You know, so I said, okay, I see. And now we already know the talk. I'm not going not going to say it, but you know all the talk he's supposed to have um, right, with her. Right. But it's going to add, you know, that conflict. Um, having have to tell her that, you know. So uh, that's it. I'm not trying to go too far because you. Have... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. This, you know. Okay. Well, you know, I do want to add. I, I do want to agree with, with the two of you. You know, for you to have given us such a cliffhanger um, for episode six, where Caesar sits up and is like, oh, blankety blank, um, you would have thought that, you know, that's the first thing that, you know, uh, they would have opened up with for episode seven, such as him calling or sitting with the lawyer discussing the fact that, oh, we got her now, um, she's faking, you know, let's go forward with this, this uh, lawsuit or, you know, what the, the family, you know, um, uh, kind of, you know, stirring or the, 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 um, the friends kind of stirring or whoever or there's some chatter or or what about um this uh this lab what's his name king you know or michelle williams you know um 
what do you call it? Right. Um, her character on TV, you know, talking about it. You would have definitely thought that they were going to address this differently opposed to, like you said, um, Brother Ainsley, this coming up and then them talking about, oh, you know, this was just a glitch. Um, and, you know, I, I, I didn't particularly care for that in this um in this episode, I, I, I don't, I don't think they did well with that. That's my personal opinion. Um, I think they could have done better. I think I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if they got lost as to what to do because that was kind of dumb for us to see her scrambling through a, you know, through a file, through files. That was the other thing. You're rumbling through files. You're not looking through boxes because if you remember, she's rumbling through files. And then she goes behind the files and finds the box. And then, you know, she's like, ah. So you would have never known what she was, you know, looking for. But, you know, I I think it was a very poor beginning to the episode personally. And I I think that they just kind of got lost and didn't know what to do. So that's what they ended up doing. Um, But like you said, you know, now. I thought it was insurance policy. It would have made better sense than her looking through through the thing, through the files for a letter from Caesar. You know what I'm saying? So that was like, that was dumb. That was dumb. Um, but I'll let you push it forward. Um, uh, with the, you know, the, you, you, I'll let you take it to the next uh, step since we let Shanti's open up. Okay. Um. Well, I gotta say, um, despite leaving us hanging, I took a little bit more from the cliffhanger. Um, one, I, I do say I, I like the production. I like the the, um, the scenes where you had the the the, uh, the dual attorney and client. You know, Caesar okay. with his attorney. They was walking and talking about the case, and then you saw the yes. and, and her attorney talking about it. It was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth mm-hmm. until they finally met um, for the arbitration. I thought, I thought that was kind of, I thought that was pretty yeah. well put together. Okay, you know, okay. But it got pretty good. That looked pretty good. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Well, you know, also, and it was a quick scene between CJ and Taj. And, you know, I guess when CJ's asking Taj to be a part of um, the performance, and, of course, if you ask him, it was like, mm, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and she was asking for essence. But then when Rebel comes, so he kind of makes it a package deal, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, but he makes a comment, you know, you know, he said, like, his mother used to make him do stuff, make him feel uncomfortable, but right now he has to be his own man. Oh, please. Right? He makes him be his own man. Um, but to me, he's not really being his own man, mm. you know, because he's not really truly addressing what's really going on between him and Rebel, that whole thing, you know. Right. But that's one thing. You know, um, you know, now going to the arbitration, I don't know how far you want to go. You know, they're going mm-hmm. back and forth. <laughs> and Janice says, 
only reason why Caesar was there because he was an alcoholic. He was there for the AA meeting. Um, uh. You know, so you see this, 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 this. It's amazing how Boba Tran was telling him, okay, don't say, Caesar right, right. said to him, don't say nothing. <laughs> you know, we don't need to say this. Her, her trying to say, don't say nothing. There's no need to go in there. And both of them go mouthing off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in big arbitration. Mm-hmm. Big, big time. Big time. Mm-hmm. Um, but to the point, I don't know how much further they want to go, but she really mouths off later on, and she really spills the beans. She put right. her, her mouth, she really spills the beans. Right, so don't go that far. Don't go that far yet. Don't go All that right, far okay, yet. okay. Okay. Don't worry for you. Don't worry for you. I'm going to throw the baton, pass the baton to Shantice. All right, Brother Ainsley has talked about the fact that uh, now we're in arbitration. And I found it amazing also that both attorneys said, just be quiet, let me talk. And they both, I mean, it was as though no one had said anything to either one of them. That was, like, really interesting. Shatis, what did you find interesting about this whole arbitration thing, which is which was really the, the, the nucleus of the episode um, seven? I was so disappointed in Caesar because I thought he was really going to hold it together. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be... Um, not to say he probably went in the mold or something under his breath a little, but he just was, oh my, it was like sitting, like, in a You're breaking up, you're breaking up, we're losing you. And each parent, can you hear me? Wait, shot, shot, cheese. Hello. Hello. Uh oh. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay. It was like sitting in like a, a principal's office with two students who was just caught fighting, and each student had to have their parent present at the meeting, and they're just still going back and forth, even with the parents there. It was like, what's happening? What, what, what's, what's going on? I really thought Caesar was going to be the one to hold it together a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that. I mean, I can't even imagine how the judge was feeling. Like, oh my goodness, like, okay, how? Because already the judge is in a really tight spot because there isn't much evidence. So now she really has to use her discernment. You know, she has to use the knowledge that she already has. She already has to pay very close attention to who snaps quicker at the other one and who doesn't let the other one speak and because that, you know, says possibly that you're guilty or whatever. And for all of this to go back and forth and then the attorneys are sitting there and they're like, I know I told you before we got in here <laughs> to let me be the one to go back and forth with the other attorney on your behalf because they already have egos, you know, going on. So it was just, it, it it was just a lot. It was a lot to to sit on the outside and listen to. So having to sit there and be attentive because you're the one who has to now make the decision as to 
who was being granted what was just like wow. Yeah, it was it was really it got to be a cat fight. And and that to me you know, may have been the okay, so Shanti let's go back a minute. Shanti said that she she liked this episode. I personally did not like it. I, I I didn't like it. I thought the writing was bad. That that's my personal opinion. I thought the writing was bad. I was a bit disappointed. It was almost like a cat fight you know, between these two. And I understand, you know, that they're both kind of volatile because there are feelings still there on the table. But, you know, what are you going to do? You know, you were both told, listen, don't say anything. Now, we've all watched enough TV and movies to know how this goes. You know, so for them to, you know, start slinging mud, it was just like ridiculous. Um, they 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 get to this letter reading, and um, you know, before we do, before we get there, they get to this where, um, like Brother Aisley said, you know, um, she's talking about how you know Caesar um, was an alcoholic, and he, I was like, oh my gosh, are you? I just, I, I don't know, I don't know. It was, I was not impressed with what happened in this episode and even some of the stuff that came out during this arbitration it was just like y'all couldn't have came up with nothing better than this i thought the, the acting was really fake um so i wasn't sold on the stuff that they were even talking about um you know they they uh, uh they pull out a letter you know from caesar's side and then that's when she pulls out her letter and they get to reading the letters, and you know, it was like, wow, this is really what we're doing here. And then he asks, you know, well, tell me, you know, why wouldn't your parents let us get married? And I'm like, in the court, in the in the arbitration, y'all like y'all sitting up in the room by yourselves, like, yo, what is happening here? So I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I, I I don't know. I just I was not impressed with what was going on in this particular episode. I thought it was interesting that they got, gave us an opportunity to see what happens inside of the, you know, arbitration. But I just thought it could have been a, a different um, presentation. And, and I'll give this one to you, Brother Ainsley, to kind of talk about, you know, some of the stuff that was revealed um, not, not now. You got to be careful because they take a break. So I don't want you to give too much away before they actually go back. Okay. Um, well, I think the, you know in arbitration, they do. They take they take a couple of breaks and stuff. Um, but and uh, one of the initial discussions, if you will. Um, you know, Caesar, you know, he kind of explains, you know, he was saying, you know, you want to know what happened because we were we were in love, we were to be married, we were expecting. But then he brings up something that's like, okay, he hints that something what maybe was the real issue, underlying issue, but he said, is it because I had two moms? All right? Um, so... That makes me think, okay, well, did he, you know, <laughs> he have uh, what you call, uh, I don't know, lesbian mothers 
you know what I'm saying? Something that may be contrary, you know, to to the, the Jordan church um, belief and stuff like that. So um, he kind of hinted at something there. Um, but when he mentions the child, to me, that was a moment to me that if not right then, um, Danita, she should have, um, something should have, to me, should have clicked and said, wait a minute, um, about the child. But she just kept it going like she don't know anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that, that's one that's one point where I was like, okay, uh, wh- you know, <laughs> she wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> Not to go further, but... You know, come on, you lying because you know what's up. You know, you got more information. Here's the father. You ain't saying nothing. Right, And, right, and stuff right. like that. Here he's saying, you know, we were in love. We were going to be married. We are expecting all of this and stuff like this. And, and, and you know, um, and nothing click. Nothing click. You know, so I have had an issue uh, with her about that, you know. So I thought it was kind of interesting when he said, you know, because he had two... Two moms, whatever that means. They didn't go. They didn't. They didn't um, elaborate further on that. But uh, I guess yeah, that means that was, if they that was, was like some gay. Some, yeah, they they showed that last season. Yeah, some said that he was his parent. You know, two moms were like a gay relationship. You know, homosexual relationship. And um, oh really? I don't. I'm, I don't remember that. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. And yeah, last season they showed that because one of them was in a home. Well, I think both of them were in a home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of did a flashback of that. So that that's where that that okay. came from, you know, because I had two moms or whatever. And, it, it, again, it was just like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? Are you serious? But before we go to you, Shantice, we got our Pastor Jeff on the line, and he wants to uh, join the party and talk about um, some stuff that went on in the episode. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, thank you. So, Pastor Jeff, in this episode, they are slinging mud during this arbitration, Caesar and Danita. Is there anything that stuck out with you or you found interesting during this conversation between them? Well, one of, one of the things, you know, uh, Caesar, I don't know, man, you that love struck, man, all, all the women you could have, being the producer that you are, and you stuck <laughs> on this bitter, bitter woman that, that's so evil. Cause that's some evil crap to yeah. tell him drop the case, and I'll see, and, and, and you can see your kid. I mean, you can't get more evil than that. You know, this dude, the baby's been hit his whole life, and now you're gonna use this as a tool. That's some evil stuff. But mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, uh, people have been calling me and telling me that that show reminds them of my family. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've been watching it because, you know, we all church folks and, uh, you know, my family, you know, 
you, you know, we big time in the church, and some of us are televangelists and and and, 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 and all this drama. And I'm like, Dad, this is the stuff that go on in my family, you know. <laughs> and, and they they told me they told me that lady, you know, Yolanda Adams remind them of my mom. And so I really started really looking at it. I was like, yo, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, but I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. My oh, my we come back to that. Come back to that in the church yeah. folk segment. <laughs> oh, we could definitely, because that, this stuff is real. And, and that's, whew, this is some, some stuff, but you know, um, Shantese, we're talking about in the courtroom, the, the conference courtroom, that is, you know, some of the, 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 the mud that's being thrown around. Sounds like what? A bunch of pettiness. Again, just thinking about what the judge was sitting there saying to herself, you know, you got all of this going. So now how do you expect either attorney and the judge or the judge to take this case seriously when everybody is all emotional? Mm-hmm. When we're going all the way back to when we played hopscotch <laughs> and when I wrote the note that said, do you like me, check the box, yes or no. Like, what are we talking about right now? This ain't got nothing to do with who couldn't marry who, who had a baby by who, who had sex with who. This has to do with you feeling like you've been slighted and overlooked when it comes to the work you put in mm-hmm. career-wise. Mm-hmm. Anything else is null and void. Okay, because now it's just all about feelings. And because there is no real evidence, who do you think is really going to keep sitting here and hearing about feelings? How do you know the judge know how to address her own feelings? And now she got to sit here and listen to y'all feelings. And it, it just get you know, and you can tell it's so deeply rooted, and you can tell that absolutely nothing was ever addressed. So now it's like y'all need counseling before y'all can go and sit up and at some court to try to get whatever from the other person. Mm-hmm. Because y'all can't even get past, you know, this. It's like once Danita said something slick, you know, Caesar, you have a justified claim that you put in. You should have just been able to sit there, be quiet, whisper. You know, we see all the time how the clients whisper in, in, in right, lawyer's right. ears. And, and, you know, the lawyer may say, okay, I'll mention that or, no, we're going to leave that alone right now. You know, because you have a valid case that you are presenting, mm-hmm. you know, something very valid. And the only time a relationship should have come up was when, like, when Caesar said, you know, I didn't feel like anything had to be put in writing because we were in a relationship. It was, we did have the understanding that, and, you know, and, and it was very mature of him, you know, to admit when she, when Danita was bringing up, oh, we have receipts for studio time and all that. He was like, I never said I paid for it. Right. I never, right. like, that. that's not what, I didn't say I want my money back for the, the, the you know, um, investment I made in studio time and vocal lessons and all of that. But I did pay my dues. I did produce this. I was um, the production side of it. So if it wasn't for me, it wouldn't have been produced you know and that's the only time a relationship should have came up was when well why wasn't anything in writing because we had the understanding that i would do this end she's the talent i'm on the production end and when something when the fruit started rolling in then we would split whatever that's the only reason why there wasn't anything in writing outside of that there was no need 
to talk about anything other than give me my money. That's it. <laughs> well, I found it interesting that the judge allowed all of this to go on because generally they don't, you know, as it starts getting kind of, First of all, what judge allows them to do all this talking in the first place? See, this, that, that, this is the kind of things I was having a problem with. She letting them just talk and, and, and bring up all this stuff. So here was, here was my thought. My thought was, okay, she's using this as an arsenal. Mm-hmm. You know, she's going to sit back and let them talk long enough because she does realize that there is no evidence. So you know what? I'm going to have to use this nonsense that's going on in front of me in order to um, to kind of decide who's in the right and who's in the wrong. Was there really, you know, um, a relationship here which clouded, um, you know, this whole uh, re- uh, uh, working relationship, which is what we've been looking at even with, what's her name, Rebel. Um, so that, that was kind of like a, a nice connection to be made to what was actually going on with Rebel as well. But, you know, I, I thought it was, you know, like who sits and listens to all of this? Um, but she did. She did. And I really think she's using it as arsenal. I agree. That. Uh, I um, think so, too. Because, you know, if you remember, okay. you, remember you know, when um, Danita, you know, just said, well, you want in all the truth, let me tell you the truth. And he said, you know, um, and he, I didn't think we'd use part of your songs. And then she just said, my songs? He said, and she said, right. yeah, and your arrangement. And he said, my arrangement? Right. He said, your right. producing. He right. said, my producing? Right. He said, who else right. you ever producing stuff like that? And then right. he mentioned Raven. And he said, oh, I did her a favor. Yeah. <laughs> I did her a favor. So he yeah. mentioned it's his songs, his arrangement, right. his producing. Right. He messed around with his um, upcoming um, person, Raven. And if you know, right at the end of it, the note, the judge, she would just right, write writing. stuff down. That's right. That's right. Right. That's right. Down. Yes. I'm like, mm-hmm. So I, Your I own mouth. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Yep. Let her get mad enough, and now she begins to tell the truth. And but wait, no, I we cannot we cannot go past the fact when he said he had a witness, and it was Deacon Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> and he said nothing. That's what really got her riled up. She said nothing. Um, you know, uh, my thing was y'all brought him in there, and all he did was stand there with a stupid smirk on his face. You know, he said nothing. But just his presence was enough to stir her up. You know, so we're going to come yeah. back to that. We're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that because I want to talk about that in a church folk um, uh, portion of it. Um, but let, let's talk about Rebel. Let's talk about Rebel a little bit and the fact that, you know, now she's she wants to sing gospel. And, you know, she's now admitted that she wants to sing gospel. So she goes back why you got to go back and tell a man you're not coming back? I don't know. Pastor Jeff, I'm going to let you in on this piece right here. You know, what do you have to say? Well, you know, she goes back and she tells this guy, listen, I'm not coming back anymore. Was that something that she really needed to do, in your opinion? Well, that was something stupid, you know, in my <laughs> opinion. I mean, that's, that dude's a real gangster. He's a killer. 
you know what? What are you going back for? And she remember she she was spying, you know, on on the dude. You know what I'm saying? Right. And right. So why would you even say anything? Leave that alone. Mm-hmm. You know that mm-hmm. was just dumb to me. You know, in yeah. reality, you know that's the dumb move. You yeah. Walk, you walk away. You just stay away. <laughs> right. Right. I thought the same thing. I'm like, okay, well, you really needed to go go to that, but they, there was an angle. There was an angle she was hitting. Uh, Brother Ainsley, I, I mean, what do you think about her going back, standing up in one eye's face uh, to say she ain't coming back? You know, um, two things. First of all, you, you would think it was kind of, of a stupid move. Why even go back? You don't have to. Just don't go back. But I thought it was more because, mind you, she's still working with the, um, that cop, the, the woman right. detective. Right. So I figured, okay, well, maybe she's wearing a wire. Maybe she can try to entrap him to saying something. Because he's strong, you know, he's a thug. He's, 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 he's out there. And he point blank. Uh, if, I, if I do what I got to do, but I didn't do it. But if I did, I still wouldn't tell you. So with this, this is what would be his natural response and stuff like that. But you know, there's something um, that comes that comes out that we didn't we didn't talk about it before though, um, because you know, remember she is looking into her um, mother's death, mother's death. I think the past episode, so she got the police file from right um, the detective and the whatnot. Woman, right. And my thing was. Uh-huh. Yeah, so my thing is, how you get the whole police file, like, that's not going to cause a problem. Like, they ain't going to be missing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, you right, the right. whole police file. <laughs> not a copy of it. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know. And what kind of triggers now the police chief coming into play, like, oh, we got a problem. Somebody's looking into this. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, um, but... That that thought right there, I was like, that's a little bit that's a little bit too Hollywood. You know, that don't happen like in real life. You don't go up in no police station and take the whole file. You know, get to tell take right. the whole file out and right. bring it home right. and look at it. You know, analyze it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, that 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 was you know. that was a bit much. That was a bit much. Um, last episode, and I was like, okay, you know, you don't leave anything, you don't, you know, just write notes, because normally what you see them do is take out the file and write little notes or make copies or whatever, so I agree, you know, it was a right, little, right. Some, of the, some of the stuff here has little holes in it, but Shantice, we're talking about, you know, the angle, you know, that she's working to get up back in Dex's face to find out what she wants to know about her mom. Smart? No. And it's like, whoever wrote that scene ain't from the streets. Because <laughs> you just don't do things like that unless you're really ready to, you know, people who do stuff like that, they're they with the smoke, as they say in the streets, meaning they're ready for whatever is about to bust off. They're, they're prepared for it because when you, it's like you're challenging me. You know, you come in here to tell me that you're challenging me to see what I'm going to say, how I'm going to react, if I really care, or anything. So that wasn't 
a smart move. And then for her to ask, did you have anything to do with Danny's death? I was like, oh, come on. Like, really? Who put that line in there? Like, no, that that wasn't. So what? did you really expect him to admit it? It's now season two. Y'all been trying to find out from season one who didn't kill Danny. Now, all of a sudden, you going to ask him, and he is going to tell you it was me. No. No. I thought that, that part was whack. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was, you know, it, it was it was a dumb move. You know, I agree with Pastor Jeff. When you gone, just be gone. So when she came to that point of asking, I was like, okay, so there's her angle for going back, which I agree with all of you. It's just not a safe thing to do. And even some, again, you know, we've challenged her street smarts, you know, before. You know, just there's things you wouldn't do. You know, I ain't from the street, and I know I ain't walking up in there. Um, you know, uh, what was, you know, to, to, to ask this man, you know, what was going on. Um, but when we talk about her now taking a stand to admit that she was, um, she wanted to sing. She wanted to sing gospel. And, you know, now uh, going back to what uh, Brother Ainsley talked about, you know, um, with with uh, Taj, you know, he was like, oh, you, you know, you're serious now. And now he has to get to the point of telling her, Rebel, that he can't work with her anymore because of essence. And I'm going to throw this one at you, um, Pastor Jeff, you know. And, and, and I'm definitely going to listen for you and Brother Ainsley and what y'all have to say about this here. You know, when he has to now, he's agreed, which I thought was the stupidest thing. But I'm going to listen to the men on this one. And, and what goes through your heads, you know, when the girl asked him, you know, I need you to stop working with her. And now he has to tell her he has to stop working with her. Is that, you know, he says, I, I want to be my own man. Are you being your own man, Pastor Jeff? Well, I mean, that his fiance clearly sees that this man is in love with that woman. So she, <laughs> she, she has to tell him to do that. You know, now he knows he's in love with that woman. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know. If he wants that other situation to work, he really does have to leave. So it's got nothing to do with, the, you know, the manhood. It's the reality of the fact. You know, mm. if they're not going to be able to work together, they're gonna, he's going to be in bed with that woman and everything else if he stays there. So he has to make a decision. And his fiance knows it. He knows it. And, you know, he's he, he making his decision, even though we know that probably not going. That decision is not going to keep him away. You know, they're going to still be back. It's, just, it's too much fire there. Okay, brother Ainsley. You know, we you were the one who challenged the fact that you know he was talking about he wants to be his own man. You know, in your opinion, is this an uh, evidence that you're being your own man when you know good and well? I agree, you know, you know he does, he's in love. Every time they sit next to one another or whatever, they get the gazing and all of that kind of stuff. So you know what's going on, you know, in his heart and in his mind. But 
what say you about this whole making this move to not work with her anymore and have to now and has to now tell her this? He's going through the emotion. He's just going through the emotions uh, because he is he's living up. To the image, the church folk image, the church image and stuff like that. So he has a baby on the way. So now he has proposed to this. Um, he proposed to Essence because let's be clear: if she wasn't pregnant, would he be proposing to her? We know that. To me, the answer is no. So, but the feeling he's really having is is real because even admit, he even admits it uh, when talking to Caesar. He says, "Getting." Um, and you missed, um, it's getting hard, too hard to work with a rebel. It's right there. It's clear. I mean, she, and she's mm-hmm. like, what, you need be, to be there and try to what, referee and, you know, get in between and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So and that's when um, he says, um, are you sure you should be getting married now? Maybe you need some counseling. You know, to me, that's not the kind of, should you be walking down the aisle thinking about another woman? You know what I'm saying? Right. So is this really for you? Mm-hmm. You know, so but you going with it, that just shows you just following along with the whole you trying to further perpetrate this image like everything is okay, you know, um everything is okay with what essence. You know, so you're not really true being true because more likely stuff ain't gonna go right with that you know. Um, I'm just predicting. You know, in relationship when your heart is really somewhere else. So, no, he's not really being his own man. Okay, okay. All right, let's let's get to talking about some church folk stuff. Um there's a conversation between Taj and CJ where CJ reveals to him that we've been approved for this adoption. However, you know, the the rule is, well, the, you know, they want us to be together. The adoptive parents have, you know, they have this clause, which we know a lot of them do, you know, that they, that the child go into a double fam, double parent home. And right now, the two of them are not together. Her and her husband are not together. So it's like, how do I move forward with this? Now, she asks the question, and this is what we kind of talked about last time. You know, how do you have a baby with someone you can't trust? And, you know, my question becomes, what? how do you counsel a person like that? Um, and I'll ask you first, Pastor Jeff, I have Pastor KL on the line. You know, how? what do you say to people, you know, to a couple who who's going through this and, you know, they're about to embark upon being parents, but she has a very valid question. How do you parent with someone you cannot trust? What would you, what would you say to them? That they need to let that go to, to, to embark upon this venture because you, it, it can't work. You know, the, the trust is not there. It's only be chaos in the home. That child is going to see the division. He's going to see the mess. You know, it's not 
a good place to raise a child. It's not an environment to raise a child. You, you, you should not do it. My, my counsel would be, you should not do it. I don't care how bad you want the child. Your stuff ain't together. You know, and that's why, why all these kids are jacked up nowadays. Because, you know, the parents, you know, they, it's so much chaos in the home and everything else. They, you know, they, the environment is terrible and these kids are, are coming out terrible. Because of it, so you know that's that's what I would counsel them, even though they probably wouldn't listen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. Well, let's talk to Pastor KL and see what he would say. You know, in his counsel. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. So you haven't made it to the other side, so I caught you just in time. Yeah, having transitions. Uh, all right, so we're talking about, you know, this whole, you know, uh, adoption thing. You know, this this couple is ready to adopt, and, you know, he, he, he has been found to, you know, do something pretty dastardly, and she doesn't trust him anymore. But now they've been approved to be adoptive parents. And her question is, you know, how do you parent with someone who you can't trust, what would be your counsel? Well, I, I guess my first question is, um, do you want this child for you more than you want this child to be happy and have a better life? You know, sometimes we do things selfishly. You know, we just want to have a baby. We can't have a baby, so we want to have a baby. But but look at what you're bringing the child into. You know, you, you've already started you already know that it's not going to work out very well between you and he. So now you have to manipulate everything and everyone to try to create this facade that everything is working out well, and it's really not. And as Pastor Jeff says, you know, this is why children are the way they are now, you know, because there's no stability. There's no emotional stability, you know, and when there's no emotional stability, you know, the child has to learn on his own, or the child plays one against the other heavily that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, Brother Ainsley, you know, you're you're looking at, you know, this, this whole this thing play out on the screen. You know what real life is about when things are not good and you don't trust one another and you're trying to parent in real life, this, we see the result of this every day. You know, what, what is something that she needs to really consider? Uh, I recall somebody in the old school telling me, for a relationship really to work, you need three, three components, trust, love, and understanding. You need a good marriage of all three, not two of the three, all three. And you need all three. And if you can't trust somebody, that's one. That's that's a big element that the relationship is is not going to really survive. Not unless um, she did, she can possibly or reasonably see uh, um, some reconciliation. There's probably a path there, you know, to to to, to get back to some level of trust. But without that. Um, it just simply, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And it's, it'd be, I think it's really time to face the fact, uh, face the music, um, 
maybe time you need to heal from that relationship and move move forward. Because um, you need all three, trust, love, and understanding. And she was quite clear, like, with reason, um, that, you know, her, her husband, he did, you know, that was the most, despite what he was trying to do to his mother-in-law, he really, really took a, a serious violation to his marriage. You know, you took, you know, um, something confidential. Um, that I mean, you can't break anything more confident, you know, between the husband and the wife. And so... Uh, he did very egregious, so she can't, and reasonably so, she can't trust him. So, but without the trust, man, you really don't have no real relationship. And with that, you know, and being this is an adoption, uh, like Pastor K.L. said, you know, do you going to do this because you want the child, or are you going to do right by the child and be like, this is not the, the perfect situation for this? Particularly, that's what the birth mother is saying. She wants both the mother and the father to be there. So, and you already see, you know, trust ain't there. You don't have that relationship. So, to me, the best thing in that in this in this in that scenario, um, I mean, you need to look forward, do something else, move forward, you need to heal. Okay, okay, Shantice, you know, as a woman, you know, is she overreacting, in your opinion? And you know, this here can work. You know, we are married. And, you know, go ahead and, and do the adoption thing. You know, things will work out in the end. She's not overreacting, but it takes me back to the question I asked last week. Who said y'all supposed to be parents? <laughs> and this just goes to show, again, how we make these decisions. But these are not the decisions that God has made for us. Because, you know, with her contemplating, you know, what should I do, what should I do, did the question ever come up, God, is, are you in, interfering with this? Are you allowing this to happen because you're showing me that we, you know, you know you, she, she knows she's not capable of raising a kid on her own. She has her own issues. She's not able, you're not even able to, to stand up and tell your mother you're not helping her lie. So, how you going to be a parent, I don't know. But now on top of that, you're not with your husband right now. And for you to still be considering this with all of this going on, and you're clearly seeing that there has been a major wrench thrown into this plan, at any point did you go to God and ask, well, is this in your will or mine? You know, so it's, you know, her considering, you know, her this being in limbo now because of what the husband did isn't her overreacting because you can't overlook something like that. You can't just say, okay, go sleep on the couch for three nights and then everything is back to normal because that that says you just learned something new about him, you know, not just within the marriage but about him as a person. So that that was major. You You need to make sure you're analyzing that the way God needs you to analyze that. But... This just all goes to you really now need to consider whose plan is this? Mm. Yeah, we talk about that quite often. You know, there are signs when, you know, we're not supposed to go forward or we may re- need to rethink going forward or we need to um, push it back. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that's delayed is not 
that's or that needs to be delayed does not mean it's a no. It just right. means that just not right now. And they're young. They're, they're young. And, and if God has it for them, you know, then this adoption thing can still, you know, be on the table. Right. You know, you don't have to do it now until, you know, somebody matures or everybody matures. Whoever needs to grow up in this relationship and, and grow um, even in their walk in the Lord, you know, and, and that's where... I actually want to go next. You know, we're talking about this whole compromising of, you know, you're you're supposed to be living a Christian life. And yet throughout this show, we're seeing a lot of manipulation, a lot of compromising, a lot of, you know, sidestepping. And are we really portraying what Christianity should really be about? So you have this, let's go back to, something that you brought up Shanti and you uh, earlier and you just brought up just now about you know when when they're planning they're in the next phase of this Danita and friends um uh production and they know that Danita can't sing her voice has not come back she can't sing but yet she's She's going to produce this anyway. She's pushing for her daughter to produce this show anyway. And when the daughter says, hey, you can't sing. She says, well, everybody lip syncs, you know. Um, I'll just do so. But you're living a lie. And how are we, how does your integrity matter in everything you do not just in the church but in everything you do that really sounds the alarm as to whether you're living a christian life or not and i want to throw this one to you um first pastor kl you know a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways all their ways not just some of their ways in, in all of their ways and you know a lot of folks, they dress up for church. You know, they wear the mask and they, they look the part, they look saved, they smell saved. And then when they get out of church, you know, they're having a beer. They, 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 they smoking a cigarette <laughs> because they're double-minded. You know, they, these folks are not who they portray they are, you know, in church, in their real life. And that's why we can't get the cinema man to church. Because the city man knows who we are for real. You know, the church folks think they know who we are because we look the part. But the city man sees us every day outside. You know, he, he's at the liquor store with us. You know, he, he, he's at the, 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 the man with the weed with us. You know, he's drinking the beer with us. You know, and here you are telling me to come to church, and you and I just had a 40 the night before. You know, if, if you're unstable, you're unstable. You know, and, and that's not portray, portraying the will of God. Mm, all right, all right. Uh, Brother Ainsley, you know, you're looking at this on the screen. You're looking at this in real life. You know, does this, is this a good indication of Christianity? When you're willing to just push these lies across the table, you are now planning to dupe I mean, an entire audience here. Is that what God is expecting of us? Uh, of course not. Of course not. 
you know, um, you know, two things. There's two two saying actions speak louder than words. Right? No matter what you, you say, I can say I'm a Christian, but how I act speaks speaks more volumes um to what I'm really about. And you know, so I can say whatever I want to say, but people are gonna see really see who you really are. And the thing is, you know, something for um for the world's sake, those who may not have come to church, our actions, our behavior is the only representation of Christianity or the Bible or the biblical living they will come in contact with. So if all they see in your life is lies, treacherousness, manipulation, it will say, what, 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 what kind of God do you serve? What kind of faith do you believe in? This is how you really act, you know, react? Do I really want to be a part of, of something like that? So, you know, our, our act, that's why our actions, how, how we need to be guided by God's principles um, to lead other people to him. So, of course, and that's the scenario you say, you know, acting like that, it's, no, it's not a representation of, of God, of good God's faith. Um, so it's, it's imperative. That's, again, we mentioned this before, you know, how we, how we react, how we respond to different situations shows if we're really being, are we really being guided by the Spirit, the Spirit. Because, you know, even in our, uh, our, even my growth, Certain things in the past, I may have handled things uh, a certain way and it might have been wrong or outright wrong. Now, as I get a little bit spiritually uh, stronger, I react differently. And some people outside seeing me, you know, they would say, okay, I got to see the difference. Because I know back in the day, if Angel, he would have did such and such a thing. But, oh, no, 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 I see now um, there's a change in him. So how, how, how we act. A behave needs to be represent, representation of God at all times. It's important. Okay, okay. Shanti's, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, she is willing to push forward with this um, show, despite the fact that a mother can't sing. What should she do, in your opinion, at this point? What should Danita do or CJ do? CJ. Oh, CJ needs to shut it down, put her foot down, because, again, look at how the sponsor walked up while Rebel was singing Mm -hmm. and spoke on Danita singing, which CJ told her mother, how were you expecting to push this along, you know, to make an agreement to do this? You know that... The sponsor is going to want to hear you sing. This is you supposed to be singing, and it's just supposed to be featuring other artists, not maybe Danita Jones and singing. But because her mother is just so used to manipulating and getting away with it, she's going forward with the plan. And here, that's exactly what happened. The guy walks up, and he pulls up to the side and says to Danita, stop playing with me. I'm paying for this, meaning... I'm the one calling the shots. So if you're not singing, there is no show. But guess what? Who's the producer? You. So regardless of who says what, you're the one who needs to be making, you're the one seeing lights, camera, action. You're the one who's making the decisions as the producer. 
So once again, now your credibility, your integrity, your reputation and name is on the line because if that producer decides to pull his funding, it's not going to only be Danita Jordan in a bad light. It's going to be Danita Jordan and everybody else who had anything to do with putting that production together. So she needs to put her foot down. And she needs to, everybody want to be grown, but don't nobody want to stand up on their own when it really matters. And and let her mother know the same way she didn't let her mother walk up and snatch Rebel off that stage is the same way she needs to put her foot down and say, okay, we're not doing this. We're not lying. We're not manipulating. We're not trying to get people for their money because now you're stealing. But we're, not, we're not doing any of that. We're going to do this the right way or I don't want nothing to do with this. Pastor Jeff, what should CJ do as the producer, as a, as as supposedly being a woman of God and producing this show, knowing that a mother can't sing? What would you say she should do? <laughs> well, uh, the show must go on. <laughs> Figure mm. out a way to, to to get around that obstacle. You know, I. I mean, understand the integrity part and all of that, but, you know, I'm also thinking about the business part, too. <laughs> but, you mm-hmm. know, as a, as, put it this way, as a, as a devout Christian, you know, you got to shut it down. Mama's taken. But as a businessman, we got to make this happen. <laughs> so there's a duality going on with my thoughts on what, what, what should be done. You know, you know, the lips singing and all of that, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, the people are still getting the, the music, right? If she lip syncs, right? They're mm. just not hearing her, her, her personally. <laughs> mm. Pastor Jeff, Pastor Jeff, you know, I, I, I cannot agree. I, and, and I'm going to speak from well, a producer's side. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Here's here's why. When I'm when I'm talking about the business side of it, I'm going to talk from a producer side. Ainsley and and Pastor KL have both worked with me, um, and we've produced um, shows together. And I have to. I will tell you that the three of us are not who we used to be. Thirty years ago, when we were doing this, I, I, it is a pleasure to actually walk with these two men today knowing and I'm not saying you know they were gangsters and all kinds of things but just who we all are at this point never thought that here we are pretty much 30 years later and actually doing this um much less you know anything else together but one of the reasons why I say it's a pleasure is because you know we we know what everybody would have done, or we know you know what so and so was capable of, and 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 when we're when we're when we're doing this, when we're doing the Christian walk, and if we're ministering in church, or um, we're pastors or uh, evangelists or whatever, we have an active role in the church, and we it's very easy to make those decisions. You know, well, no, we can't do this. We can't do this in the church, blah, blah, blah. But what happens a lot of times is you do sidestep when it comes to the business side because if if anybody knows I live by that creed, the show must go on. And that's what I've always told my girls 
who've been in the arts. I don't care what happens. You keep it going until it's time to be done. Nobody got to know how bad you messed up. Only you, only you know what's supposed to really be happening. No matter what, you never stop. So, yes, I absolutely agree the show must go on. However, we can't live this double life. We can't, if the show must go on, then the show must go on with the right level of integrity so that God blesses this particular event. Now, yes, it's about the dollar. And here's my thing. If the man is really interested in booking Danita and friends, which he really seems to be, because remember now, the reason why he's gotten the opportunity is because of somebody else dropping out. Um, so he's getting the golden opportunity now to book Danita and friends. So he's not going to pick up the mantle to now be smashed. So just like he, you know, he pulls it to the side like Shanti said and says, listen, I'm, I'm booking, I'm paying for this. I'm, I'm looking for you to sing. If you don't get out here and sing like this young lady does, then there will be no Danita and friends. It is up to Taj as a woman of God to say, hey, you know what? We're going to have to put this off. Period. I mean, it's, it's, it's not the end of the world. And if you think it's the end of the world, then you're, 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 uh, your Christianity is pretty shallow because then you have to defer to what, what does God have for me? If he closes one door, then he's going to open up another door. So what, what's the big deal in putting this off? Because the show must go on. So you, you do the right thing. You say, listen, not only do, it's different if we booked Tamala Mann and she doesn't, she can't sing. That's one thing. But when we actually have the headliner unable to sing, we're going to have to trust God that you're going to get this voice back. And if not, then we're going to have to worry about doing something else. Think about doing something else. But surely, we, because the show must go on, we can't be saying, let's push this lie. Because here's the other thing you run the risk of. Here's why I can't figure out why you would even try to push the lie. Didn't you just get embarrassed? Didn't you just get embarrassed by the mom trying to pull this garbage off? Now, you didn't have you didn't have the same level of of um, of, of uh, participation, and she pushed this the first time, and it didn't work. Then you really willing to have a larger audience? This man's money, because see, the first time it was just him being shown that you can sing. He was like, "Listen, I need you to do this. If you do this and it comes off well, then." Yo, we'll push you into the Danita and Friends. How in the world are you even, as a producer, how are you even willing to take this chance? Let's even take the Christianity off the table. To me, as a producer myself, stupid move. Stupid move. Because if you fell through, if this fell through the crack the first time, I'm going to really put my name on something that could possibly go through the next time you must have lost your ever loving mind so you know what the show must go on absolutely push it back four months push it back three months we're trusting that mom's going to get a voice back and we're going to do this and we're going to do it right because i would want for to know that everything is going well 
that we have the chances of everything going well. Why? Because I know the show my mom puts up. I know how she gives it up on the stage. So we ain't going to miss out on nothing when she gets her voice back. So we're going to have to live with this for right now. This is, does not mean the end of the world for you. This means just focus, hold on a minute. You're going to get this together. And we're going to have something where we can all think about one day. Remember the Danita and Friends from 2024, because that's where it would be. <laughs> that's where it would be by the time you gave her some time to get this, this thing back together. So, you know, let, let's not, you know, get, um, let's not lose hope. That's, that's the point I want to push. Let's not lose hope. Let's trust God. Where's your trust in God in this process of Danita getting a voice back? Let's help mom, you know, do what she needs to do. Let's focus. Yeah. Or how about, re, how about reroute this here? We're going to yeah. give you a whole show right now, but we're going to come back with Danita and friends. How about we do that? How about we show up that's where with you're, another show? That's where you have grown to, woman of God. But... Yes. Doesn't mean that the people the people on the show are at that level. See, I also produce even in the world. I had a label called Platinum Ice Entertainment, and I was mm-hmm. hooked up with Fubu, you know, with, with, with my brother and then with Fubu, and we did our our first show. The girls, their voices were messed up and everything else, and we, did, you know, we we played the track over there singing a show to do and it, you know and some of the people out there knew that it wasn't them it was the, you know it was the track but it had to be done I'm just saying you know you've grown to that and I've grown to kind of what you're saying I've grown to that in ministry where it's like I, my integrity that's it I got I got to go with this because this is what I've grown to but what you know at what level are those people at on the show you know, and this, and that's some real, real church stuff because you know it depends on where you're at. You know, and your answer is based on your your you growing to that. And I'm just saying, I was given the answer of putting my put myself in that place. You know, that not so much where I am now. So I just wanted to you know. And I actually that, get it. You know. No, and I actually get it because, as we know, when we watch a lot of these shows, they are already lip syncing. You're absolutely right; they are lip syncing. I can I, I can I, I can remember when I actually found out the reality. Like that's not really them singing. That was like dog. That was back in the day. You know, I didn't know any better, so I was looking and I was like, oh okay, oh they really play a song, a record, or whatever behind it. So I I actually get that a lot of this actually goes on, whether it's because the artist can't sing or because that's just the it's easier to do it that way. It's easier to book to, to do it that way than to do it, you know, getting a band, a live band or whatever, or just a track and letting them sing. Um, so I know that even in the industry, it's come a long way. So, you know, right now, I, I definitely get, you know, what we have to do in the world. But we, we definitely... Um, you don't want to, you know, and, and yes, it's growing. It's, you're absolutely right. It's where I've grown to. And that's what I have to push. I have to push that that's where we have to get. If, if I didn't ever trust God, then I couldn't have gotten here. So, yes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to God that I'm, I am where I am. 
And, you know, listen, women of God, men of God, if we don't ever test and try God, then there's your faith level right there. It's not going to grow. It's not going to grow. Pastor Steph, I'm sorry, because as you were talking, a few things crossed my mind. But the main thing for me is, you know, putting myself in, in CJ's shoes. You know, I... I know what it is to grow up in a performing arts family where you don't play, ain't no such thing as lip singing. I'll, listen, you ain't going to get up there and do it, have a seat. Thank you. Maybe next li- lifetime you'll be able to get up on the stage. Um, and now you have been elevated to a level, and I've been ele- elevated to a level where my mother has me I'm overseeing certain things, and yes, there's times I have to consult with her, and there's a lot of times where God has allowed me to make the day-to-day decisions in multiple areas. There are times when my mother has to come and override my decision, times my mother and I clash, and we can go at it, and times when automatically I know to just fall back, and, you know, this is what God, God is speaking to her right now, despite my good ideas. God is telling her to let me know this is what needs to take place. I have not arrived, and none of us will ever arrive as Christians until God sends Jesus back. However, there is no way Pastor Steph can come to me and say, I'm going up here, someone has asked me to go speak at a conference or something. I don't have my voice, but you know what? We did record my sermon from two years ago. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into the sound booth with the people, and I want you to hit play when I give you the signal, and I'm going to start speaking along with the track. I don't think me and my mother's relationship would be the same again. And <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I, and I still got my issues where, again, there's a whole lot I'm still learning with being a woman in general and being a Christian woman. And I understand with the whole arriving, um, you know, like growing. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions, even especially for us millennials and, and Christians younger than us, I think it's Generation Z's and Y's, whatever they are, um, is that we have so much time to get it right. And this is why we're seeing now, even in the world, the quality when it comes to entertainment is trash because now anything goes. Like, there's no real standards. It's all about just getting over so that whatever goal I have, so whether it's because I just want the notoriety, I just want the attention, or whether it's because I'm trying to get the money, I'm going to just do what what I need to do. You know, but as, you know, someone who can literally say, I know what it is to kind of be in CJ's shoes, it's just like you, you have to understand what that means, you know, for you. You know, when if God if God decides to tell my mother right now to pass the stuff, okay, you're retiring, I still have a career to think about. And if they know for me to be in this sound booth and, and helping her lie, you know, and, and get over like this now, what does that say for when I now try to further, you, you know, my, my career? And I think it just all goes with, you not learning how to stand up on your own in God. You know, I'm there. there's still a level of CJ still allowing her mother to dictate, and we saw it when the grandmother was there. 
you know, um, allowing them to dictate what they do and what they don't do. And you can tell she doesn't agree with a lot of this. But because you're a mom and because this is what you do, then I'm just going to go along with it. Maybe until I feel like, all right, now now you're really pushing it. Like the rebel thing, you're really pushing it now. I'm not allowing you to, to snatch off the stage. But I think a lot of it just has to do with understanding that you have to learn a lot quicker to stand on your own two feet in God because you're responsible. This is my mother, but I'm still responsible in God to put my foot down and let it be known that God is not tolerating this. And you're, you're not, if I'm involved, this ain't happening. And who's to say that that won't now help the mother turn herself around because now she's starting to see more and more people standing up for God and not being willing to take the nonsense. Because she's still pushing it. And I don't understand how, like you said, Pastor Stuff, you don't know what you see is blowing up in your face last episode. How are you still pushing certain things? Yeah, I'll tell you. I don't know. Point well taken, Pastor Jeff. Point well taken, Shantice. Uh, we got a few more minutes. Let's talk about... Mm, <laughs> Deacon Kirk. You know, I don't call him Deacon Dwayne. Deacon Kirk. And why she was so upset to see him show up. He didn't have to say a word. I don't know where Caesar went and got him from. Um, they, to me, I didn't see the connection. Maybe you know, those of you who watched the episode did, but I didn't see the connection. Um, but maybe he's just known in the industry, and maybe that's something that someone they knew from a long time ago. So that's the only thing I could come up with. But he walks into the room, into the arbitration as a witness, and without him saying a word, Danita goes stark Raven Buckwild, and I think it was um, uh, 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 Brother Ainsley who said she starts spilling all of the real deal. You know, how he was producer, and he did this, and he did that. This really riled her up. Why? And I'll start with you, Brother Ainsley. Why does he, his presence just stir her? Well, um, well, you can tell, well, his character, well, you can Kirk Franklin, his character <laughs> is a upright, he, he's an upright person, you know, um, he's got the past, he's just a quiet person, um, on the side, everybody goes to him, even the pastor does, everybody goes to him for counseling, and that's how he, that's how, um, that's how I see it in the, how, how he came about. Um, is when Caesar was talking to Taj, um, telling him, "Do you think you need to be getting married? Maybe, maybe you need to seek counseling." So I think mm-hmm. it, it, it dawned on him, perhaps him and Donita, when they were maybe they went counseling to him. So maybe that's that's the connection I saw that mm. maybe he counseled uh. those two. That's how I saw that. He, that's how he came to mind. But I just got to show you again. Um, his his character is his 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 he's being so so straight up, um, and honest. You don't have to, he don't have to say anything, but you know because you know what he stands for, because he already told he done told her in private, you know what she was doing is wrong. Um, he 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 interpreted her her dream, 
And, you know, so he's been straight up. He's like pretty much, he's playing Kirk. Deacon Kirk is the um, the godly man. So he she knows already. She He's not going to lie. He didn't sign, oh, I'm thinking he didn't sign no NDAs and whatnot. He mm-hmm. knows the truth. He don't have to do that. So, you you know, when the truth is right before you, you, you what are you going to do? So you had no choice but to face. She had no choice but to face, um, face, <laughs> to face her own reality. You know, she was lying all this time. So she had no choice, and he didn't have to say anything. And just a smirk on the just a smirk on his face. It was like, yeah, I'm here now. You know, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, uh, <laughs> you, you brought this on yourself. So um, yeah. So. She had no choice, really. But it just shows you, you know, um, how being uh, upright, what it means. You walk into the room, you know, you, you change the atmosphere, you change the temperament. It's like, okay, no, 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 no. That ain't going down. Nothing but the truth is going to go down in my presence. So she had no, no choice but to face what was about to happen. Okay, okay, okay. All right, Pastor Jeff. Uh Brother Ainsley says, listen, when the presence of the Lord walks up in the room, he doesn't have to say anything, but it will convict you. Ah, what are we saying here about Deacon Kirk walking up in the room and not having to say a word? Why was her temperament so different, in your opinion? That's who he represented. He represented God walking in. With all all the mess they got going on, he... He's the prophet. He's the dream interpreter. He he's the go-to guy because they really believe that he's serving the Lord the correct way, and he represents that. And when Tooth walks in, you know you know that story about uh, uh, that Tooth and a lie went skinny dipping together, and <laughs> the lie got out before the truth. All all the Tooth's clothes and walked through town spreading his lies. But when Tooth got out, he was naked, but he wasn't ashamed. And everybody mm. said, here comes the naked truth. When the naked truth mm. comes in, the lies got to go. And so she, she started confessing, you know, hey, you know, she started telling tell the truth because truth was there. Mm. I like that skinny dipping thing. All right, Pastor Jeff, thank you. Always rely on you to give us some good. Always rely on you to give us some good. <laughs> Pastor KL, what is the truth supposed to say <laughs> even in its silence? You know, this, this this is what I find. I find that if you flick a lighter, if you turn a candle on, whether it's a wick or whether it's one of those battery-operated ones, it's always going to expose the darkness. It's going to illuminate the darkness, you know, and, and you know, the, the, they say all the time, God and the devil can't die in the same atmosphere. You know what I mean? You, 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 have, to, you have to worry when you become exposed. You've been walking around in darkness so long, now there's light. You know, sometimes when, when we're in our house and we have to go to the bathroom real bad, we can navigate through the darkness because we've gotten used to that. You know, she's gotten used to navigating through darkness. And now the light has walked into the dark and, and has exposed her. And now she's working. Mm. 
Wow. We got the naked truth. We got the running to the bathroom in the dark. You know, I like this stuff. I like this stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Shatis, what's your take on this whole, you know, all he had to do was go in, the walk in the room. That's all he had to do was walk in the room. Would anyone else, in your opinion, had she brought the husband in, had they brought the husband in, had they brought anyone else in that we've seen in this series, would, do you think it would have had the same effect? Nope, because the truth just stepped in the building. Mm-hmm. He has never minced words with her. He has never given her an ability to point the finger at him. He's always challenged her with God's word directly. So she knew she couldn't, there's nothing she could have said in his presence. All of that manipulating, that's why when she went to to Caesar about the son, it was private. She couldn't have done that in front of him because before she would have even tried to, he would have stopped her because he's been talking to her about God getting on her, about that manipulation, about the lying and all of that. So now you're enraged. That's just like if the devil is sitting there, and he, he figuring he, you know, running the room, and now Jesus walk in. It's like, oh, come on now. I ain't, now ain't nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do now. Absolutely nothing I can do, nothing I can say outside of, of get upset. And we see it with people all the time. We see people just get enraged. Like the room could be quiet, silent, even if there's a little, you know, one, one person says one thing, another person says another thing, but it's, a, you know, a nice, quiet disagreement, and then someone just starts bugging out, and you're like, well, what's wrong with you? It's because they know they've already lost, and she knew as soon as he walked in, like, this is a wrap. Listen, you might as well, Miss Ma'am, get your gavel out, say I lost, we might as well wrap this up, because not, there's no way of me getting out of this, so no one else in the show had that ability to do that because she's either had them wrapped around her finger already or they've already done some dirt that she didn't help them cover up. So Calvin, you're right, because look at how she always had to help cover, you know, his his mess, even with him getting to the point where now he doesn't want to do any of those things anymore. But now it's just like, it was literally like, okay, God, God's words just walked in. There, there's nothing I can say. That, and that's why she, she exposed herself, and that's exactly why the judge let her talk, because mm-hmm. it goes back to nowadays you ain't got to ask nobody nothing. You just let people talk long enough, they, they incriminate themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Oh, this has been a good conversation, as always. Now, we're up to Episode 8, which is the final episode for the season this week. Where do you hope to see this go? Pastor Jeff, how do you want it to end? Um, how do you want season two to end? <laughs> well, I want Caesar to meet his son and, you know, and, and settle it, for, you know, because, I, you know, I know, I know how it is not to know your parents, you know, your father and all that, to, to settle it. For, for his son, because his son seems like he's a good guy. And Anita, she needs to repent and just really come clean and, and, and start living a life like it's golden. All right? you know, that's what I want to see. 
<laughs> okay. So let me ask you this before you go. Do you think she's going to be forced or do you think she's going to um, do it on her own? Uh, she seems like she's coming to herself, don't you think? Okay. That okay. All okay. of this is bringing her, bringing her because she's having a lot of inner turmoil, and you know, and she's seeking. Seems like she's trying to seek God a little bit. So. Okay. I think, okay. I think she's coming to herself. Okay. Yeah, you do see remnants of of her um, talking to God. Um, and uh, I won't say that part I'll leave that part for my closing Alright, alright uh, Brother Ainsley Where are you hoping this season ends? We only got one more episode left What do you want to see happen? Well, I would like to see Yeah, I believe uh, Jeff, I would love to see Season meters sign Somehow, some way Even though they need a Seems like she's still playing a manipulating games. I was rooting for her, but I, like I said in the beginning, I lost all kind of respect and hope for her uh, <laughs> because even after you know she after that prayer, you know she asking for forgiveness, she turns right right around and she has this nasty attitude towards uh, Taj, like oh you think this is over with and stuff like this. You just pray for forgiveness and stuff like that. And yes, and, and the next moment. You're going after your son like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So how toothy can you be? Are you really, mm-hmm. and if you was, minister, you was already ministering when Tamala Mann was saying, um, the song was saying, change. I mean, like, you're not catching the signs. You're not catching, you're not hearing what God is saying. So uh, I don't think, <laughs> I have a lot of respect for that character. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I respect God really change. I really want to see Jeff. And I hope there's some kind of, uh, first of all, I hope Rebel is okay because we, um, who knows? Because it was even though she's like seemed like the character, but seemed like she got whiffed away the cliffhanger for this week. So I hope she's okay that she will be around uh, <laughs> much longer. And, okay. and, and yeah, yeah, that's hoping to see. Okay, 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 Shantice. Where do you hope this ends? Where, where, what direction do you hope this goes in as this final episode is about to finish off the season? Well, I just saw earlier that they have been approved for season three, so I hope they solidify who killed Danny because I don't want to go into season three with this kill <laughs> being addressed and looked at. Like, come on now, how many seasons are we going to carry this over? Um, so that that's the main thing, and... Uh yeah, that that's the main thing for me. Just solidify who that is, and then maybe we can focus. They can have a nice story built around what really happened to Raven, Rebel's mother. Because I think if they write really well with that, that could be a really like dope angle, you know, and topic that they can, you know, surround a, a few episodes around. But they they gotta get like, come on, the, the girl died 16 episodes ago. Let, let's let's wrap this up. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Thank you, my due time crew. And uh, your contribution to today's conversation was great, as always, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Right, you too. You Take too. care, everybody. Take care. All right. All right. Thank Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Ah. Oh. 
Let's get this benediction. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation 1, 5, and 6. Mm. All right, now. We are headed into our final episode of Kingdom Business Season 2. And where would I like to see this go? Well, I definitely would like to see um, Calvin and Danita come together. Um, I I was kind of getting my hopes up when she was supposedly you know, um, when she supposedly had amnesia and, you know, they were kind of communicating differently and it seemed like they were getting a little close. So I thought that that was a nice place um, to go. So I'm hoping that, you know, they begin to connect a little better. Does it mean that, you know, you still don't have some things that pop up? No, because that's just relationships. But one of the things we we probably will see is, I think they're going to drop the bomb in in this next um, and final uh, episode of season two that Danita does have a child, and I think what's going to be the challenge, um, if they write it well, what will be a challenge for Danita and Calvin is the fact that she now has this son and she never said anything about it, even thinking that it died. You know, she never said anything about it. And now, you know, he doesn't seem like he's going to be a pain in the neck. Um, He's just way forgiving, like Shantice mentioned um, last week. So I don't think that's going to be like a real stir. But I think just getting through that whole, you know, you had a son type of thing. And now having her and Calvin actually connecting in a different way is going to be um, interesting to see. Um, I I don't know. I don't know, y'all. I'm hoping that... Taj comes to his senses. He does not marry Essence. I think that's been the most sickening part of this whole season. She gets on my nerves. I don't like her. She's manipulative as well. You know, some might say, you know, she's just in love. Maybe that's what it is. Um, She's just in love. But I don't really, I don't care for this whole thing of him, you know, trying to do the right thing. Um... You know, because she's pregnant, and it's it's just evident. You know, like uh, Brother Ainsley said, you could tell who his love interest really is. Do I want him to get with Rebel? Nah, not necessarily right now. Now, maybe if I see something different, maybe then I'll have a change of heart. But for right now, I do not um, necessarily hope to see the two of them together. But I I definitely don't want to see him in, in Essence together. Uh, please, get rid of that. So, you know, there's some, you know, I'm, I'm thinking there's some things that they can do that gives us a nice little cliffhanger for uh, our season three. Since Shanti says they've been approved for season three. Let's see what happens. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, 
mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Step signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. You see how important it is. Just watch the Jordan family and their shenanigans. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord. You see how important it is. Just watch Danita Jordan and her family. Uh, Later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares. Where is Wow Wednesday? Until then, I love you. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.